Seven footers crew. Oh man, I jam out every week to that. That prize picks that beat. Mm. Mm. You jam out to the, to the prize picks gambling. I program. swear to God, I'm not just putting a shameless plug in for our every Tuesday betting segment. But man, the crew behind the props network here has really taken it to the next level. Graphics, music, everything. I jam every single week. You jam hard. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, that's what happens when you're making money, thanks to Jerome. Listen, every week we've had at least one winner. We hope that streak continues. Although we we did the, the gambling segment earlier, and Paul George was not cleared to play. Oh, but he is playing now. So, by the way, you know that may change some of your bets. Though I said stay away from anything, you know, regarding the point spread. I said do uh, a Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, uh, parlay with points twenty five plus. Rudy Gobert blocks and and, and rebounds. But, you know, maybe if you're feeling froggy, you want to throw a little Paul George 20-plus points, see what you get there. Yeah, do what you got to do, guys. Take those risks. But just at the end of the day, know that Gerard has been putting out the knowledge on the table there for you. Mm. So, again, check us out every Tuesday. But now we got to get down to business here because it is March 29th that we're recording this, which means two weeks to the date is the start of the play-in tournament. It lasts until April 15th, few days long, and we got to talk about the teams that are contending and teams that are also giving us concern. So basically, we're going to go throughout the East and the West today, and we're not going to go throughout every team. Don't worry, we ain't here to bore you guys, you know. <laughs> but we are going to talk about these top contending teams and other teams that, you know, are giving us a little bit of uh, heart palpitations up there. So just take a deep breath. And this is how the ratings are going to go. Really, you guys know Gerard's going to spit some fire. But the ratings <laughs> are going to go. We're not concerned. We're moderately concerned. And then straight up, the house is burning down. <laughs> Dumpster fire city. Or whatever else you guys want to call it. But just make sure it's good and, and just juicy up in there. So let's start with the East here because... The thing about the East is it's super deep and it's unpredictable. In my opinion, the most unpredictable out of the two conferences. There's only two choices. So, yeah, again, I can't do math. So let's kick it off with the Miami Heat. Let's talk about the number one seed in the Eastern Conference because they're right up there neck and neck, two games ahead of the Sixers in the two slot there. So talk to me about the Heat. Are you worried at all? Remember, we talked a few episodes about how when they get into the postseason, it's it a little dicey for them. I mean, Jenna, I'm definitely worried about them because they had that blow up on the sideline with Jimmy and Spo and UD. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, Heat culture, it's all good. But then they proceeded to continue to lose a few more games in a row. Look, from a basketball standpoint, like I still worry about their half-court offense. I've talked about this, right? Late in games, when they need to score points, what do they do? Who are they going to? It seems that the Heat have two choices late in games that are close. It's either we have an all-defensive lineup or we have an all-offensive lineup. They don't have enough guys who are two-way, and that's a problem uh, in the playoffs. So, you know, I would say it's not quite houses burning down, but I'm a little bit more than moderately concerned about them because, again, they've, they've kind of slipped the last uh, several games and I think that that blow up between Spo and Jimmy 
and UD. Well, everybody's like, yo, heat culture, that's how we do. We're all about accountability, but, but, but. It's like, okay, I, I got you, but, you know, that can kind of have things go a little froggy, especially we're heading towards the playoffs. And, you know, yeah. this is the time you want to be galvanized and really ready to go. So I, I'm a little concerned about Miami. And to your point, Jenna, the top four seeds in the East are only separated by a game. It's a game between first mm-hmm. and fourth. So, you know, it's it, it, Miami can tumble here and end up in the fourth spot. That is very true. And, hey, if there is some type of chemistry issue, I mean, hey, the Heat pride themselves on that one. So definitely concerning. And UD, I mean, you catch those clips when he was uh, telling Jimmy Butler he was going to whoop his ass? I mean, th- this is what I'm saying. Like, I just – like that can't be good for – morale heading into the postseason regardless of like we're comfortable with that that's how we do i'm like all right we'll see we'll see all right let's move on and uh go down to the number two spot in the east there to the sixers i mean again you said the margins are really thin here so do you think joel and b this is his time he can carry this sixers team far in the postseason i mean now that they have james harden you know jenna for me with the sixers i have I, I'm I'm moderately concerned about them because my issue is not so much Joel Embiid as much as it is, you know, what's going to happen in terms of shooting late in games. Do they have enough floor spacing? You know, getting rid of Seth Curry in that Harden trade, I think is going to really hamper them. Um, Ferkman Korkmaz has not been great from three this year. Neither has um, Danny Green. And, you know, Tobias Harris should be like, you know, your third best player on a championship team, but who is everybody saying is the third most important player on this team? A second year guy in Tyrese Maxey. And it's not that Maxey isn't good, but if a guy, the level of Harris, at least the level that he gets paid at is not the person you're looking to for your solid number three, I got concerns. And then of course there is the James Harden concern, right? Which we do know in the postseason he has not played his best. You know, Jenna, it's funny. I was looking at mm-hmm. his numbers career wise his career averages in the regular season versus the postseason. And it's actually not what people think. As you know, everyone in the postseason, their efficiency drops a little bit and their numbers go down a little bit because they're playing against the best defenses. You don't get Orlando and Houston and Oklahoma City and Detroit and all these crap teams. You don't get to play them. Everybody you play is good, right? His, His, you know, dip in production is on par with what you would expect in the playoffs. So what it is for Harden is it's that in the big games, he often has his poorest outings. And then when a game is already mm-hmm. decided and this team's down by 20 points, like two or three minutes to go, you know, that's when he puts on like, you know, a scoring barrage and gets numbers, but they're empty numbers because the team loses anyway. So, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to have to be someone who plays up to his level uh, and along with Joel Embiid. But yeah, I, I'm moderately, moderately concerned about them. All right, all right. I think that's fair. What about the reigning, the reigning, the reigning champion uh, Bucks here, Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, the squad in Milwaukee? Because I mean, hey, they have their big three. Things are going well down there. I have no concern. <laughs> I am not concerned about the Bucks at all. They are the defending champs, as you said. They are the number. Eight team in adjusted net rating. They're fifth in adjusted offensive rating, 14th in defense. And everybody's kind of like saying, ah, but the defense, the defense. Look, Brooke Lopez is back. Pat Connaughton is back. Um, Again, Milwaukee's done this already. They won the championship last year. They're not feeling any pressure. They know in the biggest moments, 
they can pull on that reservoir. They can tap into that reservoir of, guys, we've done this before. We've been down 2-0, 3-2, whatever, right? And we've come back and, and we won the championship last year. And we have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, we are good. They have Chris Middleton. They have Drew Holiday. Um, I just think that the Bucks are, are the most, like, again, everybody's talking about all the drama everywhere else. And Milwaukee's just kind of ho-hum, ho-hum, sleeping their way through it. Again, Jenna, only a game separates them. They, you know, they come out and end up being the number one seed, have home court advantage throughout the East, and all roads go through Milwaukee. So I'm not worried about them at all right now. Yeah, you've been saying it all season. Nobody's talking about Milwaukee, and they are, you know, silently killing here. So uh, I agree with your assessment there. Let's move on and talk about the Celtics because I'm just going to say I'm concerned because I thought I blinked and they were the one seed and now they're the four seed. So this is how much it is a make or miss league. They're coming off that uh, overtime loss to the Raptors. So not looking good for Boston, but they've been on a surge. So really, what's the deal here? I'm moderately concerned about them to a little more than moderately concerned. One, the Robert Williams injury. Uh, Time Lord is a torn meniscus and he's going to be out for at least a few weeks, which is going to take them in through at least the first round of the playoffs. He's a big reason why they are the number one ranked defense and adjusted defensive rating. He's not there. That's rim protection. That's switchability. That's a problem. Number one. Number two, a less discussed situation. Do we know why Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Al Horford were out and not in that game in Toronto on Friday? They were listed on the injury report. And when asked, the Celtics had no comment. Well. For all three? For all three. Jason Tatum uh, has said publicly that he is vaccinated against the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. Uh, Jalen Brown has said that it's a personal choice for everybody. And once people start giving me it's the personal choice for everybody, that tells me you're not vaccinated. Because if you are, you'll just come out and say you are. Right. When you start doing that yeah. whole other thing and you're or you do your Aaron Rodgers and you say, I'm immunized and use all other kinds of language that isn't what we asked you. That makes my antennas go off and be like, well, if you're vaccinated, just come out and say it. What, 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 what are you hiding? So the reason why that matters, Jenna, is because the Raptors are now in the sixth spot. Let's say the mm-hmm. Celtics finish third. Well, that's two games in Toronto now. All of a sudden, what, two, three of your guys can't play? Again, the Kyrie thing was what everybody talked about all season because New York City had a vaccine mandate in place. Boston had an exemption for athletes and performers. So, and other cities didn't have one. So nobody else had any questions about what was what. Now we start digging into those reports of teams that went to Toronto and figure out, huh, why was so-and-so on the injury report for that game? And everybody got to just brush it aside. Okay, just keep your eyes on that. That is very interesting. I didn't even catch that one because you're right. I mean, so many people were talking about the Kyrie situation. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep an eye on these Celtics mm-hmm. uh, really closely there and the Raptors, of course. But let's move on and talk about the Chicago Bulls because they were riding high at the top seed in the East for a really long time before the Heat came in and kind of ruined that for them. So what's going on in uh, Chicago here? You know, Jenna, the injuries, I think, have caught up to them. And it doesn't look like Lonzo Ball is coming back in time for the playoffs, which that's a big key to their defense and their ball movement on offense, right? When when they deploy that lineup with Caruso, Ball, Levine, DeRozan, right? Like, that really, really helps them defensively, helps them with ball movement, spacing, and cutting. 
um, you know, the Alonzo Ball loss will be big. And it's it's been a tough year for them. And, you know, DeMar has kind of fallen back to earth a little bit, you know, through January or so or mid-February, we're saying MVP candidate. Um, he still may finish top five on people's ballots, but he's really kind of, you know, falling off the pace a little bit here. And it's hard because it's a it's a heavy yeah. load to carry to, to 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 carry that burden all season. But you know they're still an excellent team, still well coached by Billy Donovan. And right now they're the fifth seed. It would be Boston and Chicago if it if it were to match up today. It wouldn't be a cakewalk for Boston, right? That that would be a tough series. But you know, so there's a for me, I, I have a moderate level of concern because of the Lonzo Ball injury. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's talk about our last team in the East that we're going to assess tonight, and. That is the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they received that great news in the return of Kyrie Irving coming back to play regular season, uh, not regular season, but home games. Mm -hmm. So it's looking good for them down the stretch now because that was pretty much the biggest concern, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this team is so interesting. I'm going to say mm, moderate concern, and it's only because – you know, they're not going to be fully whole. And with the Ben Simmons situation is still a problem for them, right? He has not played since the trade. He had an epidural mm -hmm. um, in his back. And anyone that knows anything about medicine, if someone has to get an epidural, that is tremendous amount of pain that that the individual is in. And herniated discs yeah. in your back is not like, oh, a sore knee. Just give it a little, no. Like, that's a major thing. And Simmons is signed on for the next – he's under contract for the next three seasons, I believe. He's the future mm -hmm. of this team along with Kevin Durant and potentially Kyrie Irving if they do, in fact, decide to extend him, which, you know, from the Nets, I would think twice about that. But, you know, that's a, that's a conversation for a different day. Um, you know, you don't want to rush him back into the playoffs because it doesn't look like he'll have time to ramp up in the regular season into the most intense-level right. games – with a bad back or they just barely recovered back. And now he's got to bang around with Giannis and these other big dudes. And that's, that's a lot to put on. So, I mean, I would be shocked if we even see him this postseason, just because yeah. it, it, it's, it's a dangerous thing. And you got to look at the long-term picture. And with Kevin Durant already signed uh, for the next five years, I think, you know, look, you go into the postseason agenda with KD and Kyrie you got a chance, right? <laughs> you still can advance and because they're brilliant. Um, I think with a healthy Ben Simmons, this would clearly be a team that could make and win the NBA finals just because of what Simmons provides defensively and playmaking and rebounding and pushing the pace, which is are all areas the Nets need help in. Um, but, you know, I think, I think for, for this season, I just don't see that happening. So, you know, moderate concern for them is where I'm at. Yeah, I hear you. I think next year is going to really be their year. Uh, you know, hopefully Simmons is back and things like that. Because, again, he's been dealing with those herniated discs since his time with the Sixers. And, yep. you know, he sat out an entire season with them. So this is something that's been, you know, a lingering issue, to say the least. Let All me right. ask you a question, Let's, though, Jenna. If you were... Oh, I love this. If you were Sean Marks, the next GM, would you give Kyrie Irving a contract extension? Five years, 200 and something million. And I ask that because, um, not because he's not good, but would you call him a reliable employee? Okay, okay. So, yeah, this is where I was going to go with this. If we're talking strictly basketball and I'm making this decision as the GM in terms of I want winning, 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 winning. Of course, that's how you should operate. However, loyalty, reliability, and – 
discipline per se mm-hmm. um, is required as well to win and be qualities of these players. So, okay. I would extend Kyrie Irving because of the talent and hopefully this issue is behind us now. You know, again, I you, you know, can't tell the future. I would extend him. However, if this was a player that was maybe my number three guy, you know, somebody that I can maybe easily replace that's not a generational talent, then then I, you know, I'd pass it up and be like, you know what, let's take a chance on, you know, XYZ or, you know, hit up the draft, hit up some trades. But I'd, I would extend him, but that's an incredible, incredible valid question. Because, you know, you're – so basically you're saying his talent trumps all the other issues that you could potentially have. Because what I say about Kyrie yeah. is let's say – Let's say we lived in a world, Jenna, where there was no COVID-19. That, did, that never happened, okay? Yeah. Okay, so no vaccines. Are we confident there wouldn't be some other issue that he would just, you know, go AWOL? For instance, right, last season when he needed PTO and took off, like, two weeks. Like, True. True. Here's the thing with Kyrie. Kyrie's going to do what Kyrie wants. Um, We've learned that many times over. And yeah, that PTO incident is a great example. So there's a lot of factors to consider. I mean, again, the talent, just what he is. I mean, he's up there. I mean, he's the greatest point guard. One of the most skilled players to ever play in in this game. The the talent is, that is undeniable. There's no question there. My thing is just like, in his entire career, he's played more than 70 games in a season three times. And that was all before the age of 25 when he was in Cleveland. He hasn't played 70 games or more in years. And it's not just AWOL for COVID or PTO. He often gets injured. There there are a lot of factors here that I'm like, do the Nets want to tie it to KD who, you know, Achilles and every year seems to have something that keeps him out for like 15 to 20 games. Kyrie who it could be injury. It could be vaccine. It could be who knows what. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of unknowns to, to put your 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 chips on the table for. No, big facts. But and the and the thing is too, it's hard as well because he also comes as that sort of package deal with KD. If we're not if we're really spitting all the facts, he brought everyone there. Uh he just didn't show up to the party. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> so he kind of comes as that package deal with KD. And that you can, you know, spark another conversation about chemistry. You can, you know, and things like that. If you don't extend him, is KD going to stay? And is he, you know what I mean? There's so many questions and layers to it. But here's the thing. If I am the Nets and we're going to sit down with Kyrie and his agent and, you know, really talk about the future and extending this is something that all needs to be put on the table and they need to say to him, listen, mm-hmm. man, I don't know if we need to put something in your contract. That's not, that's mm-hmm. some sort of safety net for us, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we need to discuss, you know, the fine print here mm-hmm. because not to call you out, but like, if you're no, going to miss time, out. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, your PTO for this long, like how are you supposed to be a leader? How are people supposed to respect you? If you're going to keep a history of this behavior, you know, and again, you got to word that differently and lightly because you don't want to offend anyone. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to call a spade a spade. It's a lot of money and it's a lot of people's asses on the line. Uh, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, that's just a question. I was like, hmm, 
wonder what you do. Incredible question, though. Such a very great, insightful conversation that I wish we had more time for. But don't worry, I'm <laughs> sure we'll argue with some people in a bar about it. Um, with our masks on, of course. But let's shift gears and go to the West, where, in my opinion, isn't as deep. But the competition is steep, and there are a lot of big-name stars up in here. So let's kick it off and talk about the red-hot Phoenix Suns, because... Um, they are, you know, just holding that number one spot by a mile at this point. And, you know, I hate to say this, but they've been breezing, it seems. And Chris Paul is now back. So what's the deal? No Chris Paul, we still win. No Devin Booker, we still win. No DeAndre Ayton, we still win. The Suns are a machine, Jenna. They have been the best team in the NBA all season long. 61 and 14, number one in adjusted net rating, number three in adjusted offensive rating, number three in adjusted defensive rating. Look, man, they're letting y'all know that run to the finals last year, that was no fluke, AD. All right, we are legit and we're a good team. And everybody, those fringe guys, Mikkel Bridges, Cam Johnson, they've all gotten better. And this is this is huge for them. Right now, if I'm the Suns, I have zero worry. What I would do is I would maybe think about how I'm going to rest some guys down the stretch. We still want to win all our games, but, you know, uh, we don't want to, you know, no, no one's going to catch us. We're nine games up on the second. There's not enough time. You, even if we lose all nine, you can't catch us, right? Like, it's just, it won't work. We own the tiebreakers. There's not enough games left to to for the Suns to lose their number one spot. So I would say, and talk to the players, right? Like, what do you want to do? They're always going to want to play, but it's like, all right, but I want to rest you because the playoffs are what matters. And keep in mind, they have that week off um, right before, before, um, before the playoffs are because they're going to be they're not going to be in the plan and we're having some technical difficulties folks so hold on a second and i cannot hear us right now or hear me <laughs> anyway I, I i'm going to i'm going to continue you know so there is no concern i'm on zero concern right now Oh, there you go. You're back. I can hear you. So, yeah, so the Suns, I'm not concerned about them. They're looking great. I think, again, use the rest wisely towards the end of the season here. No one's going to catch you for that one seed. You've got that locked up. Figure out how best to have the guy sharp as they head towards the postseason uh, while also keeping in mind the rest that you need. Because, you know, this team, you know, deserves is such a, an interesting phrase, but this team deserves the right to come back and have a chance to defend their Western Conference crown and go back to the finals this year, hopefully, with a chance to actually win the NBA finals. So we shall see what happens there. Jenna, are you back? I am back. Guys, this is the point of a great live show. You just never know what's going to go on here. I mean, if you're a regular uh, listener of this show, which I hope you are, you'll know that your girl always has these problems, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, here we are. You know, I'm back. I'm ready to go. I couldn't hear. I don't know what was going on there before. but uh, we, Listen, we had some issues. But uh, uh, to sum it up, I'm not worried about the 
Phoenix Suns. <laughs> oh, thank God. Me neither. You know, I'm more worried about myself. So let's <laughs> talk about the Grizzlies. Because you got to just love the Grizzlies this season, especially. I mean, the high that Ja Moran is taking them on and carrying them in the number two slot. I mean, think about last season and seasons before that recently. I mean, they were clawing and chomping at the bit to just hope that they were here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Look, the Grizzlies, Jenna... I- I will say this, you know, you know, I love my Grizzly Cubs. Shout out to Ja, my boy Trip J, Desmond Bain, all the rest of the crew. So, so happy uh, with how they played this year. Looks like they're going to be the number two seed, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I am concerned because Ja Morant, uh, the Grizzly said, oh, knee soreness out two weeks. That's yeah. not a diagnosis. Like, so, listen, the way he plays, that worries me. The jumping ability, the way he lands, and all the torque and and force he puts on that knee. He's not mm-hmm. a very big man. He's slight, right? So that yeah. concerns me. I, I so I, I have a moderate level of concern about that too. You know, they they've kind of expended a lot of energy coming out here, winning a bunch of games, which young teams should do. I want Taylor Jenkins to kind of you know get them on that path where they're starting to get right and get healthy for the playoffs, right? So you can figure out a way to get some guys some strategic rest. Here and there, while still winning games, do that because I think it's very important. And then in the postseason, you know when the when the rotation shortens and you don't go 10, 11 deep uh, like they have been, you know, yeah. do guys like DeAnthony Melton and Conchar, etc., do they stay sharp with less minutes than in some games they won't play at all in the postseason? So that's something that I'm keeping my eye on for the Memphis Grizzlies. And this next team is interesting. The Golden State Warriors. Now, they're number three in the West. Nothing to worry about compared to other teams. But you got to give them kudos for the season that they've had because Steph Curry, they're currently without. He's got that foot sprain there. And, you know, you can't mess with the ligaments that he's got going on in that foot. So you got to watch him, monitor him. You got Clay Thompson back. But again, off that Achilles, two serious injuries he had there with the ACL, and then Draymond Green's been in and out of the lineup. So, I mean, they're managing to keep the third seed, but I mean, how worried should we be, especially in the state of these injured Warriors? Uh, I have, so more than moderate, the house isn't quite burning down, but I, I'm I'm concerned. One, the Steph yeah. Curry injury, as you mentioned. Two, Look, they're in the third spot, Jenna, 13, but they're only 13 and a half back of the first, so they're not catching Phoenix. They're certainly they're probably not going to catch Memphis either because they're five games behind Memphis right now. Mm-hmm. Jenna, they might not hold off Dallas. They're only two games up on the Mavericks. And Dallas is Steph's, a wild card, too. Steph is out, and Draymond has not played well since he returned from that back, the disc injury in the back. Look, this mm-hmm. is a team, I've said it before many times, they have a lot of miles on the bodies of those big three, okay? They played deep into June for what five, six seasons, right? That that wears on you, okay? So I I have some concern about this team right now. And if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm really keeping my eye on things. And look, I love Kaminga and me and Jordan Poole and the young guys. Mm-hmm. But you know, man, we talking playoffs now. There's a whole different ball game. You ain't gonna catch anybody up by surprise with your little fancy back cuts and your extra back screens and all that. Teams are going to have you scouted. They know what's coming. What's your counter? What's your third move? Right? It, it, it'll. And if Step and Draymond are not Step and Draymond, they have no shot. One hundred percent. I mean, they need this big three at a healthy hundred percent. And you know, you know, Clay Thompson is still 
yeah. riling back from that. And he, this is his first playoff experience since that. So it is a little weary there. And also another note about Steph Curry, the foot sprain right above the foot are those ankles. And we know how mm. Steph is with the ankles. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, just something to keep an eye on, something to keep an eye on. 100%. All right, let's move on and talk about these Dallas Mavericks that we've been mentioning pretty much all episode because they are giving everyone trouble at this point. Yeah, I, I have no concern right now, Jenna. They may catch the Warriors for that third seed. Um, they look like e- either way, whether they catch the Warriors or not, it's likely that they're going to have, although they have to hold up the Jazz, the Jazz are the fourth seed, um, you know, or the five seed, excuse me then that would be a hell of a matchup. Jazz versus Mavericks, that's what it would be right now, four versus five, with right now Dallas having a home court advantage. Woo! Uh, Lucas playing well. He's playing like an MVP-level player, um, first-team All-NBA-level guy, really since the turn of the calendar. Um, they're playing defense. Uh, Jason Kidd's got them guarding. You know, I still think that they're, you know, who's that secondary guy, right, With a, and when shots are not falling. It's a lot of Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie has been a huge pickup for them and he's going to be big time. He has playoff experience. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much they lean on him in the postseason. But, you know, look, this Dallas team, they're they're good. And yeah. they're, they're going to be ready to see, okay, we're going to advance past round one. We're ready to make that that next step. So it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I have, you know, little to no concern about the Mavericks. Yeah, and the Dallas team too has been um they've they need a push in the postseason. You know how they always get halted too, like the next team mm-hmm. we're about to talk about, the Jazz. But again, Jason Kidd does have these maps playing great defense. Love to see it. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz because I feel like for some reason they are the ghost that haunts me in the playoffs. <laughs> and I'm not even on the Jazz, like huge Jazz fan, but they are the ghost that haunts me. And I just I just wonder if that weighs on my boy D Mitch. They're the ghost that haunts themselves. I mean, look, <laughs> the 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 jazz, look, this is so in terms of concern level, house burning down. Okay. Ooh. Because this is if they don't, if they fail to advance to the conference finals this season, mm-hmm. it's gonna be time to blow that whole thing up because <sighs> something is not working over there. You know, we talk about Rudy Gobert being the anchor of that defense, and Rudy's excellent. But when teams decide to go five out and the Jazz and their weak perimeter defenders get blown by, Rudy has to cover for them in the paint and also race back out to cover three-pointers. He can't be in the paint and on the wing at the same time. He can only be in one Mm -hmm. place at a time. And the Jazz perimeter defenders do not offer enough resistance at the point of attack. That's a problem. And when your entire defense in your team is committed to a guy like Rudy, who is not a super plus offensively, Mm-hmm. And he has to be on the floor for your defense or else it'll crater. It makes beating you almost easy once you have the personnel. Once you can go five out, it's like, okay, we can figure out we can beat this team. And this is this is where we're at with the Jazz right now. And it's it's tough. It it really, really is tough. And you know, I'm I'm watching this team, Jenna. And look, if this if let's say the seedings hold and it's Dallas versus Utah, how many times do you think uh Luca is going to call for Rudy on that switch in the pick and roll and go at him every time. He's either going to score or get fouled. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's going right. That's going to happen just about every time because as good as Rudy is defensively, getting Luca at the top of the key 
Mm-mm. No. That yeah, ain't going to work. That's not happening. Not to mention, this Jazz team relies extremely heavy on Gobert. I mean, almost too much. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's their whole defense. When he's off the floor, they are atrocious on defense. Atrocious. You know, and we always, we've heard all the rumors about Donovan and Rudy. What's their relationship like? Yada, yada. Look, mm-hmm. again, they flame out this year. Don't be surprised if one of them asks out and then what do the Jazz do, right? Do you trade Rudy or do you trade Donovan? Because the question is, if you're the Jazz and you want to, and you move one of them, what you need to get back the most you can get back in return. Who on the, on the trade market would command more value? Right. This is more of a uh, after the postseason conversation, but if you really want to sum it up, the Jazz kind of put all their eggs in a Mitchell basket. So you, I could see them giving up the defensive player of the year there in Gobert, and then what he goes back on the return? move to a title team. So, yeah, we'll that's going to be interesting to say the least. But, yeah, the their back is definitely against the wall. So uh, I think they're going to have an interesting offseason depending on how the postseason works there for them. Let's Last but not least, let's talk about these Denver Nuggets. And I like to call them little wild card Denver Nuggets because, <laughs> I mean, right now there's one man carrying this team on his back. And we have some stars that are lingering in the shadows and maybe back we don't know. And I'm talking about Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and we're talking about coming back from significant injuries and ACL in a back. So talk to me about this team because for me, I'm running out the house because it's burning. (laughs) For the Jazz, Jenna, you know, they – what's for the Jazz? The Nuggets. My fear for them is that, you know, God, Nicole Jokic had to carry such a load all season long. And, you know, is he going to be worn out come the postseason because of, you know, because of carrying this team? And there's still no guarantee that Murray or Michael Porter Jr. comes back. It looks like Porter Jr. is the closest to coming back. I saw a video of him on the floor the other day working out, shooting. They're both shooting. But, you know, shooting pregame is different than banging around in the playoffs and people, like, running you through hard screens and all that, running and jumping up and down, right? So we shall see. Look, if if Porter Jr. comes back, that'll be big because that's an outlet for – uh, Nikola Jokic. So if he's getting doubled and he makes, you know, he's the best passing big maybe ever in the history of basketball. Um, he's going to find Porter Jr. Get him some open shots, and if Porter can come back and play at the level he played at, not at the beginning of this season, but when he played at last season, um, yeah. you know, that's going to be a huge weight off of off of Jokic's shoulders. So right now, I, my concern is just more like, you know, I want to wait and see and just see what what's going to happen. Uh, but it, it would be a shame to you know waste this season you know, potentially another MVP season for Nikola Jokic, but injuries are part of the game. It happens. That is very true. That is why this league is so interesting and it is a make or miss league as we like to say it. And Hey, I mean, we are, this is it. We're in the home stretch here, two weeks out from the playing tournament. And then the playoffs kick off the day after the playing tournament closes. So it's going to get good guys. You, you know, you want to stay with your girl and your guy over here. That's seven for his podcast. No doubt, guys. And as always, you know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that. At Seven Footers Pod on Twitter. At Seven Footers Podcast on Instagram. At JS Hector. At Gentleman Selly. And until next week, peace.
Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we made come true Plotted some jobs, but I ain't here back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me, come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do